Hello, I'm Jeffrey Pedernera. And I'm Andes Guzman. And you're listening to a very sleepy edition of Film Cube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of us got much sleep last night. Not because... Oh, you were partying. I was just... Had spent all day in the sun yesterday, so it drains you. And I work. So I was working too. Yes, but I lift furniture and mattresses and shit, so... I don't Whatever. <laughs> Not saying your job isn't hard. It's just... It's okay. Mine is more... <laughs> physically demanding i guess <laughs> whatever i'm not gonna make this into the jeffrey therapy session <laughs> it already is enough um today we're actually first we're do going we have amendments do i have amendments what did we talk about last week ant-man was yeah last week? uh i feel like i did have something to say about it i remember saying something <laughs> but I, you know i'm pretty sure t- you said something on that episode yeah maybe <laughs> it was an hour long um i don't know I'm, t- I'm tired of talking about superheroes, which doesn't bode well for two weeks from now, but, you know, I'll muster through it. <laughs> I mean, okay, this is a weird <laughs> thing, because I don't want to be one of those people who complains, there's too many superhero movies in the, like, in theaters now, but I'm like, there's never, there's, like, three, right? It's yeah. just because they come, like, right after you. Know, it's like each other. once a month. Yeah. It once every two months. It feels like they come right after each other, so it's like. It gets tiring, but then if now it's tiring, just wait. I think next year and the year after that, oh, it's like it's like every two months. It's like once a month. They're just it's like, just boom, weird boom, that they're boom, like boom. predicting that people won't get tired of this shit because they're like planning moves for twenty twenty. I'm like, you don't think the things are gonna well, change I, by then? I mean, part of that is like think think like uh, MCU is just doing their shit, right? They're just doing their stuff, and they're like, oh yeah, we got we got two movies this year, two movies that year. And then DC's that like year. catching up. That DC's like, oh, we want to do stuff. Fox like, we want to do stuff. Uh, New Line, who's gonna have uh, control over all the vertical stuff? They're like, we want to do stuff. Uh, so it's like every company's getting in on it as well. Sony's gonna, unfortunately, do stuff with Spider-Man. <laughs> well, they they're going ahead with that Dark Tower thing, I think, and that'll be like a huge because that has to be huge. There's like nine. Yeah, have you se- have you seen like you know like they have like four movies this year? And all of them have done bad. Sony. Sony. Oh damn. Because it's uh, Pixels, which we did not watch this week. (laughs) Very clearly, we did not watch. Uh, Check out Movie Bob's review, by the way. That thing's already going viral, so you probably, if you, I'm probably gonna watch that on the way home. Because that is just pure vitriol, beginning then. But like Pixels, Chappie, two other movies. But they're like, like Chappie's like the best revered one so far, and and that one's yeah, pretty much trash been trashed i haven't seen it we have not because i watched elysium and that was enough blom camp for me <laughs> well here's holding out hope he can write his course but we'll see with the next alien movie oh yeah i forgot he kind of yeah that's a thing himself into that yeah i don't know after district nine i district nine is great like i liked it a lot but despite how kind of uh, obvious it is but after Elysium, I was like, eh, I don't know if he has a firm. Like, well, his I mean, visuals are great. He's almost like Ridley Scott. His visuals are great, but if script oh. isn't there, then it's not good. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, if you... Uh, the problem is he writes his own scripts, doesn't he? Yeah, if you thought District 9 was, like, beating you over the head, then Elysium's, like, yeah. taking a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, it's not even doing it well, either. That's the problem. Like, I don't care if it's obvious. Just do it well. Um, anyway, all this is to say that this week we watched Southpaw. I don't, I don't even see the connection. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna, f- I'm gonna hammer these transitions through, right? There's the, tra- there's your, uh, segue, hammers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Blunt force trauma. Oh, that, that's a even a better one there, for Southpaw. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> there was a lot of punch. Oh god. Uh, fuck. What do you think? <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I liked it. Should be said. We watched it this morning. I had to wake up early. Like, go watch like it four hours ago. And I live like we're recording at my place, and I live like an hour and a half away from downtown. So, okay. um, I liked it. I. I knew that there was gonna like it. Have you you didn't watch the trailer for it, right? Uh, I'd seen it in like in four theaters. movies, yeah. That I was planning on other movies I was watching anyway, and it looked like I liked how it looked. It looked cool. I uh, guess, but I know what the tr- the the trailers which do spoil parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, but also it did look like a bit of a cliche sort of thing. Yeah, like I figured it would just be another middle of the road drama. Yeah, and I was ex- it pretty much I, I was ends ex- up being. I was expecting cliche, and and uh, I guess it was just one of those uh, situations where it's like, even if it is, am I going to be okay with it during it, or is it going to bug me? Yeah. And I didn't mind. Yeah, I, I mean Antoine Fuqua. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Uh, the I watched the Equalizer earlier, and that's kind of like a middle of the road action movie, but it it's good it's, for yeah. what it is. It's really good. It's I haven't fun. seen uh, Equalizer, but I remember really really liking training day i haven't seen that in a long time so i can't really comment on that um but but yeah so like it was it was a little cliched paint by numbers sort of situation but at the same time at at the heart of the movie you have uh gyllenhaal giving another great performance yeah and like you kind of i forgot it was gyllenhaal at points. yeah i know it's like a speaking of cliche it's a cliche to say that kind of thing but I mean, yeah, he's so, he's one of those transformative actors where I mean, just think about the movie, the movie he did before with like Nightcrawler and how exactly totally different. Yeah, yeah, Gyllenhaal is becoming like I'm starting to consider one of our, like the greatest actors that we have right now. I mean, what him was and Oscar Isaac are like my top two right now. Tom Hardy, I love too. So I mean, have you seen Locke? He's a beautiful man. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, have you seen Locke? Yeah, I've seen Locke. Lock is so good. I know Lock's really, really good. Uh, watch Lock if you haven't. Um, yeah, for me, the one primary thought I had, because it's a boxing movie, and I've seen quite a few. I guess not that much. I guess I like the Rockies. Obviously, it's gonna. I just finished this week. Yeah, I forced him to finish it. So one, because I wanted my movies back, <laughs> <laughs> and two, because I felt it would be appropriate for this podcast, and. And also Raging Bull is, and I feel like Raging Bull was a big visual touchstone for this movie. Yeah. Because there are very much scenes I feel uh, tied into it, and not, which isn't to mention the thematics of the thing where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, I forgot his name. Hope? Billy Hope. Yeah. Yeah, something stupid, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the nose. Um, yeah, where he uses the boxing ring to punish himself, essentially, for... His misdeeds. Uh, Jake Lamato did it for he. Uh, it was almost in religious sense, not that he was religious, but uh, the guilt over the stuff he was doing outside the ring, and he would punish himself in the ring by letting himself take all that punishment. Uh, whereas Billy Hope, it's almost because he's just an unhappy guy. His childhood was horrible, and uh, yeah, he uses it to essentially build up his aggression to fight back essentially um so for me the movie felt a lot like rocky 4 as if if it were trying to trying to be raging bull 
because this follows the same sort of plot mechanics as Rocky Four. You have a death that spirals the main character out of boxing, then he has to get in touch with his roots. Uh, not his roots specifically, but, you know, like more down gritty training instead of like... There's always the the opposing training montages in these things where you see our hero doing oh, yeah, in yeah. a lower uh, inner city gym uh, getting in touch with the fundamentals and then you have the opponent who's in a lavish rich gym doing you know more modern exercises and so this movie does that in steps and you cliche again we were talking about like i have nothing against cliche as long as you you know stand by it do it well but i don't know i guess this movie in trying to be like Raging Bull, all I kept thinking was like, Raging Bull exists, man. Like, we don't, if, it's, you not gonna be, ah, fuck, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> you can't fucking match Raging Bull, is essentially what I'm saying. This movie is okay. I, I don't know. I, I had a loss of what to say, because all these middle-of-the-road movies, they're never that deep. Like, I can't, other than that final shot, which we the audience become an active character almost in that we are the camera and we're being escorted out of the room while he's hugging his daughter yeah and so that's i almost it almost recontextualized the whole thing so i'm trying to think all right how much of this movie is about the way the media and us want him to be in that ring getting punished right but i just don't feel like the movie supports that reading Uh, it doesn't feel like it does no like other than like it's a good final shot it's just not for this movie right like if it the movie wanted to be about how the media or paparazzi destroyed this man's career or took his daughter away blah 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 then that'd be interesting go with that but instead it becomes more about this guy's guilt and his grief over the death of his wife and how he's not dealing with that correctly and he's forgetting to take care of his own daughter um so yeah but it, i don't feel like so that ending while i enjoyed what it was trying to say, I just don't feel like it was congruent with the rest of the film. I that was that. long and rambly. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to find something to say about this movie. Uh, that's that, let's let's talk about the acting in it then. Um, uh, outside of like, as we already said, like John Hall doing so great at it, <laughs> Jake. Um. Rachel McAdams, uh, she's not in it long enough to make an impact, but I liked her I dying. Like that, yeah, yeah. That, that like, scene, damn, that kind of went like I wasn't expecting it to go on for so long. Because it kind of holds it, yeah. But what I like about it is that I remember reading once a paramedic because I, I I had talked to a few paramedics, and I remember reading how they say the last words of a person who's dying are never like eloquent or anything it's always literally it's just them like help me help me help me right because they're they don't know what the hell's going on they're in shock and this movie kind of ties in plays in plays with that where she's just like keeps repeating i want to go home i want to go home and i like that because it's almost almost felt too real at times i'm like damn (laughs) like rachel mcadams i want to see you in more movies (laughs) (laughs) like looking at you um uh the little girl the daughter, the Haley equivalent. We'll get into that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know her name, but I hope that she's in more movies. Um, yeah, there were times where I felt like she's good. Don't get me wrong; she was really good. But there were times where I felt um, it was almost a little over top. But I, th- I think a lot of that it's can like be cliches. tied is to the script. Okay. Like a lot, like 
there was a lot of grown worthy lines for everybody. It's just that Jake and them, they're more experienced and they can sell those bad lines kind of thing. Where she uh, plays them more straight, which is it doesn't quite work sometimes. I'm trying to think of a specific example. So when it's like she's hitting her dad and like, take me home or why can you, I, I hate you kind of thing. I don't know. I can't remember. There's something specific she said. I was like, ooh, it's a little on the nose, but you know, whatever. He was good. And I hope she grows up to be a great actress or leave that horrible scene <laughs> and become a functional human being. I don't know. I'm tired, man. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just bitter. I'm not usually this bitter. Um. Oh, the Eminem thing. Tell me about that. Okay. Because you're the one that told me. I remember walk, I walk, we walked out of the movie, and it was essentially this. He asked me how if I like, or I asked him actually how he liked me. He's like, yeah, I really like it. And I'm like, eh, okay, I thought it was okay. And then we were talking about it on the bus ride here, and he mentioned this. Uh, so apparently the the writer was uh, Kurt Sutter, who does I think Sons of Anarchy. I will look it up. Keep going. Um, he had he wrote the script, and yes, yeah, okay. So he was he's like uh, I guess the, the, he was a showrunner. Uh, so he wrote the script, and apparently he was in a he was inspired by Eminem's uh, struggles and what he had gone through, and so inspired that you can if you look at the story, what happens in it, especially about. Uh, uh, Hope's relationship with his daughter you can definitely see the, the parallels between Eminem and and his daughter Haley um, also Eminem was going to play the lead role he was uh, he was thinking about it from what I've read and heard and but then it ended up going to Jake it wouldn't be a little weird have the guy the story is based on play the guy you know what I mean yeah it's a little contrived, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, after he told me that, I kind of liked the movie a little more because then it just feels like it has something going on. Whereas if without knowing that, just kind of generic and uh, just it's the kind of movie that'll evaporate in your mind a couple weeks from now. But have, so having that Eminem connection, I guess, gives it a little more meat to uh, chew, chew on. It's also the reason why Eminem is kind of uh, prominent on the soundtrack. And the too most bad it's Latter-day Eminem. Which is, yeah, it's um, Latter-day Eminem sounds. I don't his voice. I don't know what it is. It just never jives for me. Um, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah, just quickly, I guess his his last album, which was like Relapse. No, 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 no. Marshall Mathers Recovery? LP2. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I forgot that existed. Yeah, I like that one. I didn't listen to it. I liked it. <laughs> I heard the mo- the one about his mom is really good. Really affecting. Yeah, the, well, there were a few songs. Well, I guess, like, up that, like, every, al- every album has to have, like, those ordinary run-of-the-mill sort of singles, right? Yeah. Uh, Headlights, I believe it the was called. The Club Bangers. Uh... <laughs> I think headlights is what it was called, and it, it felt like that at times. Uh, but in the structure of the whole thing and the other songs, it it was never ever going to reach any of his originals, like his earlier stuff. Yeah. But in comparison to Relapse, and yeah, it's better. better. 
Um, so yeah, with the movie, there's very and after yeah after you told me that, it did click like some scenes clicked like the ending with him and his daughter hugging and like and I get that it, t- it tied even more into the Eminem thing where he was very much in the public eye and it was seemed to be destroying him and distancing distancing him from his daughter so it was nice to have that it almost the movie rewards him with that after uh putting up with all that shit and escorting us out of the room just leave these two alone um so yeah it gave me a little more appreciation for the film but ultimately beyond that because the film has to stand on its own and i just feel like it doesn't really have strong enough legs because it's a boxing movie they focus on their arms (laughs) i'm tired (laughs) that's the quality that you're gonna get on this episode so crying crying. yeah i have an eyelash in my eye (laughs) (laughs) um So why is it that you felt, I guess, ultimately that you liked the movie more than I did? I think it was the emotional beats that it went for. Uh, I I felt them, and I felt like the movie was... Hitting them well enough, I guess? Yeah, but it it was also... Because his character is essentially on this huge downward spiral that just keeps on going and Mm -hmm. going... And things don't really pick up for him until like the last 20, 30 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was that like how effective it it worked, and I think that's part of the reason. It never really worked for me enough. Like there were times where, yeah, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there were times where, yeah, I, I could feel it working, but never to the point where I would say. You know, I, I guess this is how I felt with feel with most of Fuqua's films that I've seen is that they work, and that's pretty much it. Though they won't, so they're films. <laughs> they achieve the main objective. The main objective of working, <laughs> of being functional pieces of cinema. But yeah, so I, I mean, guess Jeff's not interested in waiting for Fuqua's next film. I mean, I like that um equalizer 2 yeah i, I guess <laughs> that's what I, I want his him to focus on his strengths which i guess is making uh, revenge dad movies <laughs> i don't know i uh, there's just there's nothing for me to chew on here you know the kind of movies i like andres yeah like i know i didn't have much to say about ant-man either did i Another we actually, there's a, a lot of uh, father daughter issue movies we're watching. <laughs> We've been talking about Spider Man Three, Spider. Wait, what? Father the Sandman. Oh yeah, Sand. Yeah, uh, father daughter stuff and the Sandman. Uh, Ant Man. Three movies back to back. I don't think Boxing was... Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the next? Mission Impossible. I think we're taking a break because I clearly need it. <laughs> Fucking go to lightning round! <laughs> Wanna ring the bell? Alright. Ding, ding. Yeah. Alright, lightning round. Let me lay out the rules. <laughs> uh, we each have five. We have a little more than that, but we're gonna go with five questions each. Uh, we're gonna shoot them back and forth. We haven't really 
I know a couple of yours just because I can intuit them. Probably. But uh, for the most part, we don't know each other's questions. Uh, it's Lightning round is a bit of a, mis- a misnomer. It's more going to be uh, rolling thunder, I guess, because... <laughs> They're going to be mini discussions. It's not going to be like shoot back and forth kind of thing. I mean, probably one or two is probably going to be like, oh, yeah, this, and that's it. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, you know, get a little anecdotes. Just excuses to talk about what we want to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I'll go first, and I'll keep it in. We played a little Rocky clip there, and we've been talking boxing. So, I made you watch all the movies. Give me your Rocky ranking, top to bottom. All right. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to cut, figure this out right now. Ding ding, motherfucker! Rocky, yes. Rocky Balboa, yes. Two, yes. Five, really? Okay. Three, four, really? Oh, we are a little different in the middle there. We knew we were the same on the top and bottom. I am also Rocky, top. Also, Rocky Balboa, number yeah. two, because that those are the top, the greatest movies in that series. Balboa has the best script. It's so fucking it. I was trying to. This is it gets into my defense of Rocky Five, where I say Rocky Balboa is what that movie was trying to do: bring the character back down to its roots and understanding what makes him so human mm-hmm. and so put upon by the world. Um, but yeah, it's melancholic, but that's what I love about it, and it understands the character and how not winning is its own way of winning, in a sense. <laughs> uh, it's a nice little callback to the first one. Yeah, exactly. Because I love how he's just walking out of the ring already. He does, does the ending, doesn't I mean, the, yeah, the result doesn't matter at all. I heard there, what was, I know that, there was a, an alternate ending where he actually does win. I think they, f- I can't remember reading, but I think I remember reading that they just filmed that for whatever, but the ending was always going to be him. Oh, I don't, like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think he was still walking out, which yeah. I think either way, that, that it, well, yeah, it still signifies the, the point same thing. That it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Uh, he just point. wants to know he can do it again. Yeah, and he could. Fucking bombs on him. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> my number three, though, yours was Rocky 2? Yeah. Mine is Rocky 3, which was really low on your list. Because no. huh? yeah, it was the second last. Yeah, well, okay, but they're not like that far apart. I know, like, I know. For it's like, I get. I feel like, like it's gonna like be a point, true point, for you. Yeah. It's Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Rocky three for me, Rocky five, space, 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 Rocky four. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because Rocky four is not a movie. <laughs> it's a, it's six music videos stitched together. There were there were parts. In, is that uh, is that the one? Where does when does Mickey die? Even though I just watched them all, I, like they all Rick, come Mickey, Mickey dies in Rocky three, I think. So four is the one where he has like that little where, where uh, Mickey has like that flashback scene. No, that's Rocky five. Is it? The one where he's like shit. Never mind. Get up, because Mickey loves you. That I was one? trying to. I was trying to make a. Yeah, it's Rocky. I was trying to make a point, but my point is doesn't no, work. No, that <laughs> movie is just music video. It's hard. Yeah, so if that's the case. Fire. <laughs> Force bad. <laughs> it's or, awful. I mean, I think the I, one that's guess, the one where com- like comparison to the rest is just. Ugh. Is Rocky Four the one where she's in the hospital? No, she goes. She no, goes to Russia. What, with with yeah, him. She, does she? Yeah, she's I, there. I thought that was just Polly and uh, his trainer. No, Rock. Uh, Adrian shows up amidst, like, in the middle of it. Oh. 
think the which is the one where she's in the I hospital. Think the third Rocky one. Yeah. No, it's Rocky Two. <laughs> no, because the second one she's there. No, is it Rocky Two where she's having oh the my first God. one? Okay, the first one at the end of I the fight. I love these movies. How do I not remember this? The first one she's at. No, home. the first one's the first one is the romance. Blah blah blah. We, but she's that. at she's home. Watching, yeah, she's right? watching at home. So the second one she's at the actual fight. The third one she couldn't make. No, it. Yeah, she's the, not. But she's in the hospital beforehand because. Uh, she's about to give birth. Yeah, and Rocky's not training at all, and then she's in like a coma or whatever. Cause yeah, cause she gave birth, and then. Uh, oh, he doesn't want to see the uh, Rocky. And then he, yeah, he's junior. at his bedside and he's not training, and Mickey's there, whatever. And then she's like, "I want you to win." And then Mickey goes, oh, "What are we waiting for?" <laughs> yeah, I love these movies. So what I was mentioning is just like they all kind of just blur into each other, and I because they're, they're a one huge story, and I love them. Which I think kind of works with the fact that uh, it they always end, and the next one always starts exactly where it exactly. picks up. It's one continuous thing. It's Rocky's life, and I love it. Which is why I'm it's, so it, excited for Creed. <laughs> and you haven't seen the trailer. No, but, not oh even because I don't watch trailers anymore. Um, I am really excited what Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler is going to bring to that, and. Uh, it's going to. I know it's the first uh, script that isn't going to be written by Stallone. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I'm, I'm it's almost good because he's in the mentor role in the movie, and it's yeah. And Rocky has always been like uh, Mary Sue for Sylvester Stallone, so it makes sense that he wouldn't have written the script because it's not really his I'm, story. Yeah, I'm right? pretty sure he he like gave it a look he over. Mentored exactly. Yeah, it's and the he was perfect, just like it's, it's, it's always. Rocky is always uh, a reflection of where Sylvester Stallone is in his career. And so it makes sense that here he's essentially handing the reins to his most famous series to someone else. And I I love what Coogler did on, uh, with Fruitvale Station. I really, really want to see that. I'm so mad I missed it when I was in and, uh And Michael B. Jordan, you want to talk about like great upcoming actors oh, yeah. give it give it a little bit more time and fuck it just watch Fruitvale Station and you'll <laughs> know he's on that list I watched The Wire too when he was really young there uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh, which is funny because what happened was <laughs> oh god uh, which is uh, it's also funny because I know Wood Harris was also on like uh, on The Wire and he's gonna be in Creed as well is he? cool I love wire reunions. Every time I see an act, actor from The Wire, I'm always like, hey. <laughs> Which does a little, like, I used to really like uh, Walking Dead. I have not caught up and I don't watch it anymore. Good. But, uh. <laughs> I tapped out after the second But there's season. so many, like, wire, uh, wire characters really? in that show that it, like, it almost upsets me because I'm just like, maybe I should just watch it for them. And <laughs> I'm ready to, like, watch it. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. just no. Uh, yeah, last week we got, uh. What the fuck was his name? The main drug dealer guy. Like ah, uh, not Stringer Bell. His like his friend, Wood Harris. That's Wood Harris. Yeah, he was an Ant Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, wanted, name, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention it, but then I forgot his name, and yeah. then I <laughs> I figured it out. Through, like okay. I remembered it during the like during the week. Yeah, and like I was, he was just an like, that's what I want to talk about. I'm watching True Detective season two, and that has uh, D'Angelo's mom in it. She plays a detective. I just want to rewatch The Wire. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Up there. Yeah. Uh, all right, your first question now. Well, for first question, I'm gonna go with first criterion. Aha! Uh-huh. Right, this is the one I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, for figured. me, uh, there's two answers for this question. The first so criterion. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the first criterion I ever bought was 
that I can remember because I may have bought like a DVD without knowing it at the time and gotten rid of it since. But the first one I know for a fact was Criterion and I bought was Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones documentary. Because my dad at one point, like this is years ago, 10 years ago maybe, he asked me, I asked him like, what do you want for Christmas? He's like, oh, just give me, give me shelter. I remember liking that documentary. And it was fucking impossible to find. <laughs> so, of course, I never got it for him. Then 10 years later, I learned about the Criterion Collection. I saw that it was there. And so I ordered it. And I love that movie because it's a very... It's, I love stuff about the death of the 60s. <laughs> and that 1970 being a, like how immediately things changed and mm-hmm. how like the dream died. And that documentary captures that, essentially. With uh, I don't know if you know about it, but... A free concert the Rolling Stones held no, at Altamont, and then someone ended up. They hired the Hell's Angels biker gang as security, and so somebody ended up dying. <laughs> that sound that like that's like a one plus one situation. Like you can kind of see that coming. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't see that, but uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a problem. Yeah, no problem. Fascinating documentary. That was the first one I ever bought. But the first, but that was for my dad. So the first one I ever bought for me, I if I'm uh, fuck, I'm blanking on this. I think it was. See, I have scanners. I have uh, hoop dreams. I have seven samurai. I don't have that many, which is why I can recount most of them. But for some reason, blank on this first one. I thought you had more. I ha- I have more than that. I'm just trying. Fuck! I can't remember what the first one is. Oh, you stumped Good. me! You stumped me! I win. Wait, let me. Uh, uh wait. I'm gonna look this up pause <laughs> okay, okay we're back i had to go check <laughs> i had to run downstairs because it was bothering me i don't know how i forgot this is one of my favorite movies night of the hunter oh yeah i, remember I haven't it, seen it it was before i was super into criteria i just remember i was at a this small little record shop here in toronto and this lady had a just she has a box of deep blu-rays and it was a criteria i know i knew sort of what criterion was i knew they were expensive and so she had them like really cheap i'm like okay so I got Night of the Hunter, and I love that movie. It's one of the best kids' movies, I would say, of all time. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So oh, I watch it. Say. So and I have it, too. Kids' movies in the sense that it captures the fantastical horror of being a kid. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Just I think I'm so Watch it. It's, I think, what's his name? Charlie Lawton? Charles yeah, Lawton? Charles Lawton. It's his only film, and, and I remember the DP saying... Uh, not because I personally heard it, but I remember he reading. was there. Uh, on set, guys. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Uh, I remember the, reading about the DB saying that Charles Lawton and Orson Welles were the only directors he ever worked with who knew how to light <laughs> and what to do with light. Uh, it's who's so the good. DP? Do you? Oh, I don't remember. He worked with Wise? Orson. Is that his name? Or, or, I, I can't. Because you're talking about from like with Welles on Citizen Kane. I think he was, or on a different Mighty Ambersons. I think. Wow. Yeah, I really want to see my thought, Anderson, but that one's hard I thought it was like uh, whatever <laughs> whatever alright um, uh, your first criteria mine's a two parter but it's not I thought it was, you were going to go a different route uh, my like my first one was Chasing Amy mm-hmm. but it was I had owned it for like like without knowing three it was years before knowing and then it was like it was way after the fact too yeah that uh, I found out about Criterion, found out Chasing Amy was on, and I was like, oh, I have to rebuy Chasing Amy, and then I looked at the DVD, and I was like, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> um, the actual first one that I bought knew- knowing about it all was uh, Videodrome. Videodrome? That's a great movie. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I really liked it. It was a weird way to get into Criterion, and it was uh, expensive, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that you went with some homegrown talent, though, for your first. I, did. <laughs> I don't even. I think like I I'd, love David Cronenberg. I had heard about uh, Criterion, and then I like saved up for it. Uh, kind of, I like put money aside, and I was like, okay. This week I'm gonna go get one. I'm gonna go get hobby. one. And <laughs> That's why I don't have many. And then I kind of just like went online and like asked around. I was just like, which one should I get? I'm kind of like thinking this. This is my style movies I like. And I had like three people tell me uh, Video Drum, so especially because I think when it it was around the time it was coming out. I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right. I I guess I got it. Yeah, I love. And now I have way too many to count. <laughs> Well, like I was saying, I don't have much just because personally I feel like I love Criterion. I love what they do, how especially when they when their aim is to release movies that aren't going to get released other otherwise. Yeah. That's why I'm hoping they can finally release the Decalogue. It's like the number one thing I want from them. I want the Before Trilogy. Well, that's the thing. This gets into... Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, but like... The Before Trilogy will get released regardless. And if it is the kind but, of thing where soon. if I can get it cheaper... I want it cheaper, right? <laughs> like, I know in the case of, like, Do the Right Thing and all, there's a cheaper Blu-ray of that, but I think Spike Lee himself said that every version other than the Criterion version has gotten the colors wrong and stuff. Yeah, especially yeah. because he wants that, like, specific... Yeah, so with stuff like rent. that, I get it, and I will always try to get the most uh, accurate to the director's vision version. I, I agree with you, but, like, uh, at the same time, continuing with do the right thing uh recently this year was was the first time i'd seen it and i bought it on blu-ray and the reason for that even though i know about criterion and i wanted to get it because of that same fact the blu-ray was twenty dollars and the dvd was 50 and i'm like <laughs> i'm not used to that i'm not doing that yeah um i made a fine I deal like... i still really love do the right thing so it doesn't change the movie that much no. It just would have felt hotter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, ultimately, what I feel like what's the most important is just seeing the fucking movie, right? Uh, there will be rare cases where the only released version will be a version that the director's not happy with. So the criterion, if that's what you care about, will be the version to get. But yeah. ultimately, I will hope for like cheaper versions, and um, which is why I'm not huge a huge criterion dude i know you are you've bonded with strangers over it <laughs> i've met a few people this past like the past two weeks and had like random conversations about criterion on the street just because they were wearing a criterion shirt <laughs> and i asked a friend if i should get another I, I bought two french films and i was like should i get a third one or should i go for another language and she's like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> she's like maybe you should just pick a regular movie <laughs> I feel like most people would <laughs> side with your friend. <laughs> I mean, us. that's fine. I understand that. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, question number two. Let me get my paper here. Um, which young director... Uh, okay. What young director's work do you most look forward to in the future? And young doesn't necessarily mean they have to be, like, literally young. They just may not have many movies at, out. Kind of, you know what I mean? um, young in a filmography sense. If that's the case, I'm going to go back to what I said about Creed with Ryan Coogler. Because right, he's only done Fruitvale Station. And uh, 
and creates the next one. I'm not gonna go with like Colin Trevorrow or anything. Fuck Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the more time that I get pu- that gets put between me and Jurassic World, the more I realize how much I really, really didn't like that movie. I feel like I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, I still like it, not that much. The other, I guess, the other name I'll go with is uh, I'm I'm looking his name up, Alfonso Gomez, Rajon Rajon. What did he do? Uh, he had done uh, the Town That Dreaded Sundown remake, and recently, uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. He's he's he did a lot of uh, stuff from Glee and American Horror Story. Uh, so like, I'm I'm also familiar with his work on those two shows as well. But uh, I really really like both those movies, so I'm kind of interested where where he goes next. Cool. For me, I pick Shane Carey. He's an older guy. He's like not old. I mean, he's still young. He's forty oh, so something. Primer. Yeah. I haven't. Fu- okay, we're telling this story. I, <laughs> I'm so mad. I like I can easily download. Like it's available on the Primer website. For, and yeah. That's probably what I've been planning on doing. But I also wanted that one physical copy that exists of that one DVD MGM released, limited, uh, limited run or whatever. Before they folded, and they went bankrupt. Um, so I've been looking for that. I've been looking fucking everywhere because it's only like eighty bucks on eBay kind of thing. Not only. only sorry, <laughs> it's fucking eighty bucks on eBay. And it's impo- It's not on Amazon, or if it is, it's for used again with, at a ridiculous price. And so the only chance I have is finding it used. So I've been going to used DVD stores, looking for that. Every every store I go into that has used DVDs, I always run to the P section and look, Primer, Primer, Primer? No. Never there. Always Prime Suspect or some shit. <laughs> Primal Fear. Primal Fear, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Um, and then you, piece of shit, <laughs> one week... Of like half-assed, not even looking for it, s- happened upon it in a fucking sonic boom where I always fucking check, but the one day I don't. I was at a use section and I was I was with a friend and she's like, "Should so are we heading out or what?" And I and I already had like two movies in hand. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess I can't find anything else." And I'm like at the use section. And I'm just like kind of. St- skipping around through them just like for whatever just to kind of kill Lackadaisically. time and and then out of nowhere i see what looked and i saw the primer like the top logo. of the logo uh or the box art the typography i guess <laughs> and and i was like wait a minute and i like picked it up and i was like this is is this real is this really happening for 12 fucking 99 you piece of shit <laughs> garbage human being i'm so mad it was the like the Fine of a lifetime. <laughs> <Fucker>. <laughs> anyway, so my search continues. But yes, I haven't seen it yet. But it's pink. Uh, Which is pink. funny because I've, I've seen Primer now and you haven't. But yeah. you've seen Upstream Color and I you still have. haven't. Yeah, Upstream Color is the film that I'm basing this on because I adore that movie. It's, a, it's very much a puzzle in the sense where the thematics are clear, but to get a deeper understanding of them. It's fun just to put the plot together. I saw parts of it, uh, or like not parts of it, but like the beginning of it. It's almost, I would say, this is going to sound almost blasphemous and weird in this way, but it's almost, I would say, a crossroads between David Lynch and Terrence Malick. I can see that. From yeah. what I from what I'd seen of it, I can I can see where that comes from. It's really, oh, I adore that movie. I actually feel like watching it again. Uh, your second question. Um, go to your list of movies. Movies that I've seen this year. Yeah, uh, we both have lists where we like keep track yeah. of what we watch. 
Uh, look at the last ten that you watched. Which one of those was your favorite? Ooh, let me see. Let me scroll all the way down. Just to note, I've seen 160 movies this year. Yay. I've seen more. Yeah, fuck you. That's because some days I stay at home and I watch three or four. Yeah, you don't work every, a full time. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, it's nice. Fuck you. Uh, let's see. The last time I, I'll just just. So Do you want to say them? You don't have to yeah, say them if you don't no, want. I'll All say right. them. Just hurry when you. Uh, so starting from today, I'll go backwards. Southpaw. Okay. Uh, Crime Story, the Jackie Chan movie. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Kill Your Darlings. Me and You and Everyone We Know. Ant Man. The Protector, the 1985 Jackie Chan movie, not the Tony Jaa movie. And I saw the original cut, the theatrical cut. Because there's a Hong Kong cut that Jackie Chan did afterwards because he wasn't happy with the movie. But I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Uh, John Wick. The Ballad of Narayama. And Festival Express. Oof, my favorite of those. It's tough. I want to say... it's a Right now it's a toss-up between... oh. If you, if I hadn't seen Southpaw today, it would have been Tangerine in there, oh. and Tangerine probably would have taken it. But because uh, yeah, let me talk about Tangerine here for a second. Go watch that movie if you can, if you can find it. It's if you're in Toronto, if you're listening to this in Toronto, it's playing at the Carlton. I think it's still playing there. I really I want to see that. Go check it out. It's it's a glimpse into a world we we will never see in like not never, but well like we haven't seen in popular cinema up to this point, and so it expresses. The vitality and the importance of indie cinema in that it gives us these glimpses and it treats it with respect just to be clarify uh, it's about two transsexual uh, prostitutes in LA and it is amazing in how it uh, never criticizes these people for their lifestyle for their gender choices and it's more it's just a b- but it's more about how the world reacts to them in a sense okay and how uh, also, they're black. Sorry, I should have mentioned this because it also plays into it. Uh, they're black transgender hookers in L.A. And so all these things come into play and how uh, it ends on one of the sweetest f- uh, moments following something so horrible. Like, not like horrible in the sense that it's grotesque and uh, mm-hmm. gruesome, but horrible in the just the moral sense. It'll make you feel bad. Uh, anyway, uh, so go watch Tangerine. I won't spoil it anymore. Uh, but if, if, I if, I can, if I can watch, if I can find time to watch it in the theater, I'm def- that's something I definitely want to go see. Otherwise, it sounds like it it'll be like a first day purchase. Like as soon as I oh, know yeah, it's totally. Out. If you can find it, get it. I love that movie. Um, but oh, fuck, out of these ten, uh, it's between right now it's between Ballad of Narayama and Me and You and Everyone We Know, which is the Miranda July movie. Oh fuck. Randy July is another one that a young director I would like to see more, but I'll stick with Shinkir. Uh, mm, Ballad is a really good Japanese film inspired by Kabuki, in, in the style of Kabuki theater, and it ties in thematically. It's great. It deals with death and how we, uh, the generational gaps and stuff, <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Deserves more res- uh, more respect than that, but. Uh, if I had to pick, twist of my arm, I'm gonna say, Ballad of Narayama. Alright, so another criterion I had, by the way. The that was actually the second one I bought after. Yeah, you uh, still haven't watched it, right? No, I watched it. Oh, you watched it? Okay. It's a DVD, and I want to up do the upgrade soon. Oh, but it's, it's a beautiful a, movie. Oh yeah, even so even on DVD, gorgeous. I was like, oh, this is great. I love the very purposeful theatrics of it. 
uh, theatrical look. So my last ten was again Southpaw, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Rocky Balboa, Rocky Five, uh, Slow West, Creep Show, Rocky Four, Ant Man, Ex Machina, and Opera. And I think it's it's tied between Rocky Balboa and Ex Machina, but I think Ooh. it's probably Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> Rocky comes out on top. He gets the win he didn't get in Balboa. <laughs> yeah, I made it up to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, cool. I'm surprised you didn't go Ex Machina actually, but you know Rocky Balboa. Uh, it's I, gonna be I anything. Think, I think that's part of like. I guess Machina kind of plays a little coldish at times, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I'm in the part warm like, feelings. Yeah, of part, a Rocky part, movie part of part of like my like how because of how emotional I can be. Mm-hmm. It like <laughs> Rocky's <laughs> just Rocky's just for me. Yeah, um, see, I, I knew you'd like those movies. That's why I forced you to watch them. Uh, <laughs> Gun to the head. Yeah, because you this guy has like fucking I want to say thirty movies in your queue essentially like movies that you've bought i think months ago that you still haven't watched so i know how hard it is to get you to watch something yes so i which like, is worse because at the same time like i still keep on buying movies and then exactly I'll, it just keeps i like i'll up. add those new movies somewhere in the middle based <laughs> on how i feel like watching i've i've wanted to go on a criterion like french new wave uh, binge essentially binge spree sort of thing and i i saw two of them <laughs> and they're still there I'm like, I really need to get to this, but then I gotta watch Rocky, and then I gotta watch this, and it's hard to choose sometimes, too. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, yeah, no, I get it, but that's why I kind of force myself, I'm buying, like, three movies for the week, and I'm gonna watch those movies, and I have the movie network to fill in the gaps. And you have Netflix, so fuck. <laughs> I don't have Netflix. Alright, question number three for me is, which country's cinema, other than the US, are you most attracted to, or draws you in most frequently? I guess French. French? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's part of my love from, like, the French New Wave, but there's there's something about it that just gets... That emotional aspect, I guess, but it's more of a... Ten, not tangential. Uh, what's the word? Roundabout way of coming up to it. Because art films, the French art uh, films, I, I feel like you're referring to here, not like... I don't know. What the fuck am I saying here? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, what is it about French cinema that draws you? I'm not even sure, but there's just I don't I don't really have an answer. It's just if uh No, let's figure it out. There has to be a reason. We were talking about like which let's other Let's delve which, into Andre which other, Guzman's which, psychology. Which other country am I most attracted to for movies? Yeah, essentially. Right? Uh and if I I guess there's just something about uh the French films that I've seen from Truffaut, from Godard. That just speak to you in a certain way? Yeah, uh, maybe not speak to me. Well, the whole thing about the new wave is that it was capturing life, right? Reality in a way that big studio pictures hadn't done up to that point. Yeah. Uh, Does part of that tie into the fact that you like seeing a more naturalistic style of cinema? Maybe. There there was also, I think it's also because when I watch... uh, some of the French films that I've seen are mostly from directors that come from that movement. So I guess they kind of keep that... Though they may not keep the same filmmaking style, mm-hmm. 
like throughout their career. Well, you love the before trilogy, and I would say there's a very direct thorough line between. Oh yeah, and, New Wave and that. Uh, so it might they may not keep the same like visual style, but they do have that same sort of story style. Godard not including because like he'll make one movie with a uh, with a proper story and like format, and then well, the next proper, one proper, but like not proper, conventional. But, like, co- co- thank you, conventional. Yeah. But then the next one is just like the definition of a French art film yeah. and you just like it's like you imagine it and if you were to tell me what it is it's probably yeah. that essentially what perfume commercials based their yeah. uh, style yeah, on for ex- a while <laughs> that's exactly it, it's just good art yeah um like uh films like uh Lehane ooh Lehane's really good and that's not even yeah actually no I would tie that into that whole thing cause it's capturing street life for these kids it's just a different it's the same perspective, just looking at different people. Yeah. Um, there's the. Uh, see, he's not. He's not from a lower class. Almost. He's not from from France. He's he, uh, he's from Montreal. He's from Quebec, I believe. But the guy made Lahaine? No, 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 no. Uh, Xavier Dolan. Oh. Who uh, who made who directed Mommy? Oh yeah. Which I saw earlier this year. I've seen. And French Canada doesn't really I, that's, I know I'm saying it, it's not connected <laughs> but I'm saying like th- these are just some of the films that have I hit me uh, like the most outside of like American or mm-hmm. uh, English speaking films for me um, even though I haven't seen many films from this I really want to see more especially the work of Alejandro Jodorowsky mm. is the films of Chile and that's very much because I have Familiar, uh, familial connections. I don't think I've seen a single one? films from Chile. I seen no. I love. Okay, no. You've s- I've seen no. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I love no, and I really want trying. I'm still trying to parse it out. Like not the film itself, but what the film is commenting on, because it ends uh, emotionally right where it started, which is strange because the whole movie is about. Change. Destroy, yeah, change and destroying the dictatorship, and yet ending that way suggests that perhaps Chile is on its way back to that sort of thing, right? And so I had asked, I remember going to ask my parents, "Is there a conservative in power right now?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I'm like, "Oh, maybe he's commenting on that." So I'm just really interested in the history of Chile. Uh, well, for both my own family ties there. For both of us, we both have a lot of. Uh, family history we had family there during that time period yeah so and it affected both of us and that's how we ended up being we were born both born in canada exactly but they came here because of that situation so like those moments i have a natural curiosity about it yeah yeah, and also like to watch it happen instead of hearing even though hearing stories all our life Mm -hmm. it's like it's put into another context yeah it helps contextualize our lives essentially yeah which i think most people are trying to do and for me it just Manifests as this uh, search for knowledge of Chile's history and stuff. So for me, yeah, a lot. One avenue of that is Chilean cinema, and so I want to see more Alejandro Jodorowsky's because he's a. I I guess my. my I remember I went to Montreal. Speaking of Montreal, I went to Montreal with the plan because they were the only place in Canada at the time that was like showing La Danza de la Realidad, like the Dance of Reality, which was his new film, which his new his first film in like twenty three years or something. So I went to Montreal. I was like super anxious to see it, and then none of my friends wanted to go fucking see it. So I was like, "Shit, I'm not gonna go to a theater alone in Montreal." Why not? Oh, Montreal, I guess that's yeah, true. Because I don't know where the fuck I am. 
I ended up going to another movie by myself anyway later. Like I went a second time, and then oh. I, I had a more of an idea of the place. So like I went to see Under the Skin there. And Once Upon a Time in the West is the only place I saw Once Upon a Time in the West in the theater, and it was so good. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. I think my second answer, my like my like close second, would be like I guess Mexican cinema between uh, Quran and Del Toro. Ooh. I'm I'm interested in uh, what's his name, Inaratu. Oh yeah, I haven't liked what I've seen of him, but uh, apparently the Revenant trailer looks great. <laughs> It does. It, it does look great, but uh, I liked Birdman. I I was okay with it when I watched it the first time. Seeing it when I, I I picked it up and I watched it again, uh, and I liked it. I didn't like it that much. I don't think it's anywhere. It's, it's the same thing with Jurassic World for me. The more time that gets put between me and Birdman, the more I realize I didn't like it. Mom's <laughs> the reverse. I liked it more. Yeah. Uh, but. But uh, I remember when uh, Keaton won his award and he had gone to say, he's just like, everybody's going to be lining up for your next movie. And to me, I, I agree with that. I don't, just because I didn't really care for Birdman doesn't mean there was enough there for me to be excited to see what he does next. And what he does next looks great. Yeah, I'm like, I'll give The Revenant a shot, especially since I'm hearing such good things. But I don't know. I remain... Uh, Cause I've seen Babel too. I don't know if you've seen. I haven't Babel. seen Babel. Babel was not very good either. But I don't know. Whatever. I'll I'll wait to cast judgments. Not that I like to cast judgments. Anyway, what's your third question? What's your most listened to soundtrack or score? Oh, I had a question that was similar. Uh, probably Once Upon a Time in the West. I just brought that up. Um, yeah, I, Ennio Morricone is. Morricone, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, is one of the greatest composers of all time. And I adore his Western work, like his spaghetti Westerns. You heard the news, right? Yeah, he's going to do fucking Hateful Eight. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't, oh my God, there's so many good movies coming out later this year. No, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, shit, this is where I'm going to take Mission Impossible off. <laughs> and also because I haven't seen any of their other movies, so I, I feel like I have nothing really to say about them. But I will watch them eventually, and then maybe we'll down the line we'll do a thing. But anyway, um, what was the question again? Sorry. Your <laughs> most listened to soundtrack. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I already said it. Uh, Once upon a time in the West. Um, Jill's, I uh, sorry, fuck. It's not called Jill's America. I think it's just called the main theme. Or Man with Harmonica is really good too. Fuck, it's just I love I f- that movie is the epitome of spaghetti westerns for me, and mm-hmm. I feel like it captures very much. I haven't the seen pinnacle, it. I should say. Oh. I haven't watched that many westerns, to be honest. Ooh, I have to lend you my Man with No Name trilogy. <laughs> um, but anyway, I feel that's like that's cheap also enough. I can probably put it up. Yeah, that's so. true. It's like fifteen bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely the one I probably listen to the most. I mean, there's individual songs from other albums that I've listened to more. Like I was talking about, like the one the where like you start score. from beginning and you yeah. Kinda, like, then that's Once Upon a Time in the West because the, the one song thing I probably is from. Eternal Sunshine, Spotless Mind, uh, the Beck song cover Uh-oh. of uh, "Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime." I love that song. I love that movie, and I don't even. I'm oh shit! Sure forgot, totally forgot about Inside Lewin Davis. I have heard that oh, one yeah. a fuck ton, but that's more of a soundtrack. So if we're talking score, then definitely "Once Upon a Time in the West." But soundtrack, where I would define that as songs, like you know, popular songs composed for this uh, for the movie. 
for songs I have to for soundtrack I would have to go with I'm Not There because I uh, what Bob Dylan is my absolute favorite artist of any medium <laughs> period so any variation on his songs that I've already heard millions of times will be a plus in my book and I'm Not There soundtrack just gets it so right so I love all those songs and all those versions but yeah for score that's I think that's what you asked once upon a time what's yours well I meant uh, it was either or so uh both work for score i'm gonna probably go with it follows really it, it, yeah it's something that like caught on really for me recent. <laughs> yeah and it just like keeps going and it's something i listen to pretty often i listen to when i'm going to work coming home uh trying to write trying to play video games anything like yeah. it just fits the mood for everything for me uh for soundtrack and this is a oh the other one for score might be the score for sunshine oh that's a good one um but that's used a lot in other things too yeah uh but soundtrack and you might have to i don't know if it counts you might have to help me differentiate it but spring breakers yeah spring breakers has uh it's kind of a mix it has bits of score in it but it also has this popular song in it yeah, that's something that I can, like, listen to because then you got, like, as you said, the club bangers. Yes. Uh, yeah, Scary and then, Monsters and Nice Spreads by Skrillex. <laughs> and then you have songs like... Uh, Lights by Ellie Goulding. No, the other one. Oh, you're talking about the scores? The Cliff Martinez. Yeah. What are you looking at? Okay, I have it open, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the screen. But yeah. stuff like pretend it's a video game or something. Yeah. Or with, uh, with you, Friends which mm-hmm. is uh, an actual sk- a Skrillex song, but it kind of has this weird... It, it's more instrumental, and it's Yeah, I mean, they, col- they collaborate it. on it, so there are parts where... Well, it, I think that song was on it, an EP before that, okay. but either way, it's like it's a weird mixture of the two, and and again, it's a... It's a I love that movie more than p- people probably should. No, I adore Spring. I think it was my favorite movie of whatever year that came out. 2012, 13, yeah, for all that, for all that fucking matters, but yeah, um, I love that movie. But there's like I remember that's the one one of those movies where I, every time I tell people that they're like really Spring Breakers I'm like no it's not the movie you think it is <laughs> there well I think for the longest while it was like I I remember watching it didn't really care for it mm-hmm. and during it I didn't care for it and then I, like I thought more I saw it but I was like oh this is good and then I saw it on like it came out and I was just like oh I gotta buy it yeah. I didn't even think about it and <laughs> then I went home and rewatched it and. During the movie, and I kind of have the same thing every time where I'm like, this is silly, this is weird. And then the movie ends, and I was like, fuck, this is so good. I want to watch it again. So good. Um, I called it a guilty, like, a, like not a guilty, a uh, trashy piece of art. I, I mean, the the line between low brow and high brow art has been crumbling ever since, like, the fucking 60s. So that distinction hardly matters anymore. But yeah, Spring Breakers is what Paul, I think Pauline Kale would have called trash art. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Uh, fucking Skittle cinematography. Skittles. That's what uh, Corinne like, referred to it. Like It looked like the movie was lit by Skittles. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. It's so good. Yeah, I love the colors in that movie. I remember uh, <laughs> Edgar Wright saying, I think he tweeted this, where he's like, Spring Breakers was the movie that convinced me that digital would look good. Then I realized it was shot on film. <laughs> <laughs> um like the DOP the DP of uh, Spring Breakers ha- also did Enter the Void 
uh, and then recently this year with uh, Lost River, which had also way looked, too much going on, but looked amazing. Yes, it l- was perfect visually. Um, my next question is, which other piece of media, so like book, game, would you like to see adapted into a film? I had the exact same question. Really? Well. Mine went specific for video game. Oh, okay. Uh, I have one for each. For I have book, game, and comic. So, comic. Yeah. Why the Last Man? Oh, I don't know if I'd agree. I love Why the Last Man, but I don't know if I want that to be a movie. There's, it's there's so a, there's episodic. A, there's, and... there's this weird thing about it with not this, but like other movies or ideas that I want. Like I would earlier to uh, today I was talking to you about The Last of Us and I love that game and it's cinematic in its own right and but there's part of me that just wants to see it on a big screen and I understand because I've played through them and it's like I you you can't get something so vast and so big kind of shrunken down to something so small in terms mm-hmm. of time and it, it can work it King can not work is that the key problem in adapting them is that a lot of what makes video games work is player choice and movies are experiences that happen to us not that happen with us it, for the most part so i don't know they're but they're at the same time i'm okay with adaptations and 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 remakes and reboots because at the end of the day we still have the source we still have the original so i'm okay if they make i like i would fucking hope that they make why the last man proper but uh and i just don't think it's possible they were going to make it they were working on something yeah. no they were on a show weren't they i think it was a movie but it was gonna be like a, a, a multi thing but mm-hmm. uh then the rights like went back to brian k vaughn so he, he's a no I, yeah i don't know if you if like you don't i don't think you read saga which he's worked on yeah. recently but he's he's doing he's doing writing with uh with image right now and because of that they because they're pretty much like the creators have full creative control and like of their rights that's the reason why he went with saga with there because that way it can't get adapted oh nice and he's like this is this is fine and nobody's gonna take it yeah. and it's like that was the medium is created for and that's where it should stay yeah sauce which like, is what I- saga's phenomenal but that like talking about stuff that you wouldn't want to see adapted that's mine yeah um not but my question was what do you want to see adapted? why the last man why the last man uh for me the book i wanted adapted i don't more out of curiosity anything was it's funny actually let me go sideways here there was a couple like asked would have asked me a year ago i would have said a walk in the woods but then that did get adapted and it doesn't look very good what is it Oh, Walk in the Woods is a it's a story about it's a true story. It's like nonfiction, but it's hilarious. It's about this guy who goes decides he's gonna walk the Appalachian Trail, which is this three thousand mile trail that goes from the like south of the states into like Canada, essentially. Okay. And but he's not like the super fit dude. He's just like a, some schlub who wanted to try it out, see if he could do it. And he brings along this guy, his friend from like years ago that he hasn't talked to for forever. And he brings him along on the walk with him. And he's this, like, hugely overweight dude. And he's, like, not the kind of guy who can hike a 3,000-mile trail. And it's hilarious. It's a great book. Uh, it's by Bill Bryson. And I suggest you read it if you can. It's uh, one of the funniest reads. I was crying. I've never, like, cried laughing from reading a book. And it was, that's what I was doing. 
But anyway, I think Robert Redford, he's starring in it. I don't know if he directed it, but there's an adaptation. I would play that Sundance. Um, and it doesn't look very good. I feel like he took a lot of the humor out of it, not intentionally out of it, but like it's just more downplayed than most old person humor now i don't know it just doesn't seem to work as well it's not the kind of i guess comedy that would work as well in a movie as it does on the page but anyway i would have said that a year ago but that since that got adapted no dice um so what i'm gonna go with is if on a winter's night a traveler by italo calvino and what's interesting about this book and why i would want to see how the fuck they could (laughs) adapt it is that the book takes place is uh one, every other chapter is the first chapter of a completely fictional book. And the whole, every other chapter in between that is written in the second person, and it's about you trying to read If on a Winter's Night a Traveler. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Go back? Okay. So the story, the meta story, is about you, the reader, trying to read If on a Winter's Night a Traveler. Right. But after reading the first chapter, literally the first chapter of the book you realize that's not the right book so in the second chapter you go put down that book and you go in search of if on a winter's night traveler and you find a copy and you open it and then chapter three starts but chapter three is the first chapter of a completely different book so then chapter four is you realizing that putting it down or whatever and then he's like describing you go to blah 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 and blah blah and then you find it, end up finding another copy, and then it turns out it's another first chapter of a completely different book. So why? What? Well, here's how you adapt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cracked it. You've already cracked it. Oh wait, and there's a chapter in the book where you meet Italo Calvino and give him the idea to write "If on a Winter's Night a Traveler." It's so good. I love that book. I haven't totally figured it out yet. I, I but did not. I then go I did not crack it. <laughs> okay. I was just gonna say, like, have somebody an go to anthology? a book- not an anthology, but it would have been like somebody going to a bookstore, taking the book, just reading, reading. Oh, no, no, <laughs> he's about to start reading, and then like, it's like a daydream sort of thing. Like, then we cut to what's happening in the. Okay. Like, I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying it's you're the say Weinstein it. version. Fuck, it's not gonna be the good. Audience palatable version. <laughs> but that's like the clearest way. That's the only way I can think of. I, uh, I guess that goes back to like inherent vice. Like how did they? How like everybody was freaking out? I was like, how would they adapt it? And oh, he pulled it off. Well, I guess that's why you gave him the rights, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I had for a video game. I think this is gonna be adapted, but I'm gonna put it anyway because it's like one of my favorite video games, Metal Gear Solid. Cause I don't know if that is. I haven't. I don't remember. I remember there was news about it possibly Probably. getting an adaptation. Everything's like yeah, that's true. And then for comic, I had Old Man Logan, which is oh, a yeah. comic I don't actually like. Because I don't like Mark Miller's work, because I think he has a horrible, he's way too vicious, horrible point of view on the world, and he's misogynistic and racist and all that stuff. Anyway, but I want Matthew Vaughn to do it because he somehow has the magic touch. Him and I remember reading an article. I think her name is Jane Goldsmith or something like that. Goldman. Gold, Goldman. 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 Uh, they work together. Yeah, and I think she's a lot of what tempers that because she has an understanding of this stuff. Um. And so I would like to see Old Man Logan, a version of Old Man Logan where at the end he doesn't go into his old berserker stuff because I feel that upholds this uh, really primitive idea of masculine strength being uh, the super violent thing and being ultimately honorable, which is, I think, bullshit. 
and I want to see the version of Old Man Logan where he's ultimately sticks by his pacifism and shows the the true strength in that. But yeah, whatever. I'm never gonna get that I, version. <laughs> speaking of Vaughn, I cannot picture Vaughn doing a non-violent. No, not non-violent, but I mean, I there's a way I think of working it where you don't go into the utter insanity that Old Man Logan does and bullshit. I don't know. It's horrible. So it's one stab instead of sixty. I don't know. I feel no. I feel I don't know. I would, my dream version is where Logan just doesn't fight the whole thing. He never brings out his claws. This doesn't sound interesting. Doesn't <laughs> I, you don't think pacifism in a know. world that's been torn to shit isn't interesting? All right, not All right. with Logan. Well, this is where we fundamentally disagree. <laughs> I guess I like movies that challenge you a bit. Asshole. <laughs> Go on. What's your next question? Um, where I think this is actually taking. This is already like double the South Park conversation. Is it only our fourth question? Yeah. Well. I, yeah, this is your fourth, right. and then we'll go into uh, the last. This one's just for you. Because oh, I have I have no answer, because I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Which Wachowski film best represents them? <gasps> oh, my God. This ties into my next question. <laughs> 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 okay. So I'm going to just say my answer, and then we're going to go right into yeah. my thing, because this is this is perfect. This worked out perfectly. It's almost like if we planned it. Okay. We did not. <laughs> Which clearly we did not. The Wachowski work I feel best. I haven't seen Sensei yet, which I think they produced or I think they're created. Either regardless, they're like showrunners or something. Yeah. Cloud Atlas is the perfect distillation of their ideology, their methodology, because not only is it formally, uh, formally what's the word? Forward thinking, I guess, where they use editing in very cool creative ways to link these stories that have nothing plot wise to do with each other and it links them in such beautiful emotional ways and it's ultimately about the interconnection of all human beings and our souls and why it matters to be good right and it just ties in so perfectly with uh lana wachowski's transition into being a female now Uh, i feel weird saying that but not because it's wrong, just because I feel like I'm not saying it properly the way she would want me to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. There, are, it's it's a tough to keep track of like the political correctness yeah. terms like I, and stuff like that. I'm just learning, right? I'm, I want to be able to uh, say it exactly appropriately. So yeah. Anyway, point is, Cloud Atlas is the perfect distillation of that that ideology and people were giving it shit for the yellow face black face i'm like yeah but this is that with a point it's saying we're all humans underneath that right we're all con- linked and so it's not coming from a place of hate in fact it's coming from the exact opposite where it's a place of love that's what i adore about that movie so tying into my question ah shit what movie i know where this is going <laughs> i what movie do you have to watch this week and this question means you oh i did not know where this is going (laughs) you pick a movie i'm picking a movie that you have to watch in this coming week i guess two weeks because we're not filming we're not recording next week for for the next episode we're gonna talk about whatever movie we suggest like you pick a movie that i have to watch so even if i don't own it i have to go find it i have to go buy it i have to go watch it within the next two weeks fuck yeah so think while i tell you you have you have this movie and we're, it ties into that thing we said earlier where you have like 30 movies and you keep buying so you won't watch. 
So watch fucking Cloud Atlas, which I made you buy like a month ago. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say Speed Racer. I don't know why I want to rewatch that instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, do both. But Cloud Atlas is the one I really want you to watch. Okay, now me. Which movie should I watch? Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to look up at some lists. Okay. Oh, is this I, your I don't, know if, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Close Encounters. For th- of the third kind? Yeah. I've seen it. You have? I have it on DVD. Then never mind. Uh, no, I, it could still be the one. Or is it something you want? I want something you haven't seen. That I haven't seen? Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep thinking. In the meantime. Fuck it. You'll go, uh, go watch American Beauty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't. Sam Mendes, right? Yeah, Sam Mendes and Alan Ball. Cool. All right. And Spacey. That'll be the one. Great performance. I've heard conflicting things about that. So about I mean, the performance? Uh, no, about uh the movie. I've heard bad things about it, but I've never heard anything like the performance is. Oh, I don't. Know. I mean, that's neither here nor there when it comes to the movie itself. But anyway, yeah. Okay, for me, I will watch. Let me write that down so I don't forget. American Beauty, and you will watch Cloud Atlas. I wrote it on my queue. Good. I will. We will discuss this two weeks from now because we're taking a break next week. And I think like we have other questions, but I think we're way over the usual time. So we'll just say goodbye here with our usual. What's in your film queue? Now I know Cloud Atlas is in there. Cloud Atlas, <laughs> and uh, because of work and because of uh, the Ro- the Rocky movies kind of taking over the queue, I still have some most of the same movies. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, Cloud Atlas, Contempt. Uh, I might watch It Follows, but I'm probably gonna just wait and like a little bit longer <laughs> something i want to revisit now yeah. that i have it but i want to show my family as well because cool. uh, in the theaters i'm going to be possibly watching a lot of movies <laughs> oh yeah you told me about this uh we're we watching train wreck uh i'm possibly probably going to be i'm going to try and catch paper towns with some co-workers uh i'm also going to be watching ant-man again with a friend uh and they're showing batman returns at the tiff theater uh, for a Batman versus Batman <laughs> Nice. And I think the week after that, they're showing The Dark Knight, so I'm probably going to try and get to that, too. <laughs> uh, I like Batman. <laughs> oh, wait. Was that my amendment? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm probably still going to try and watch The Tribe because I think, like, uh, like, the concept of that really excites me and it makes me very interested. It it's very good. Um, like... It's uh, those cases of pure cinema. Yeah. Where all the people who would have, who were criticizing back in like the 30s of talkies destroying the art of cinema, <laughs> they would have loved the tribe. Which uh, is funny. Uh, I had kind of pitched the movie to like some friends, but I like, I told them, I was like, let's go watch it. Uh, but I told them like just the basics where, where it's, uh, it's a movie about, uh, deaf actors or deaf people mm-hmm. who talk with sign language throughout the film but there's no subtitles and they were not interested <laughs> they were like why would you watch that and then i then way I, to sell a movie on yeah and well and then i was like well then that goes into pure cinema because then you get to see them behave with and with their body language yeah, and how you're able to understand how you're able to understand it regardless of that because from what i've heard there's also multiple 
I want to say dialects of sign language. Yeah, if not that, even American. Sign if language. that works, because uh, it's not—it's a foreign film, but it yeah. doesn't—that doesn't matter. And like, I went on to that as well, and they just stopped, and they were just like, "Okay, that sounds a little more interesting. Yeah. You watch it first, and then you let <laughs> us know." Us how it is. Nice. Uh, how bullshit would it have been if you told me to watch Primer? <laughs> I would have probably just crawled over this desk and punched you in the face. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about it because I do not understand it. <laughs> <laughs> we will. I'm going to fucking... I will find it. I will just download it get that poster with it if it's still available. Anyway, my film cue is There's Something About Mary, which I have never seen and I'm looking forward to. Uh, MASH, Robert Altman's MASH, not the show. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which I'm also really looking forward to. Same as last week so far. Did I say this last week? Yeah, because <coughs> we got that. You got those a few days before that, or something. Really? I didn't think I yeah, said this we, last we, week. Yeah, because you bought them uh, before we saw Ant Man. Oh, well, that disappoints me. I thought I, I thought <laughs> I had finally had a week where I didn't say something that wasn't totally new. Okay, then what did I buy today? <laughs> the Killing. I should have saved this for next week. <laughs> uh, the Killing and Killer's Kiss, which is on that same edition. Talking about criterions, yeah. Uh, finally, fill in some Kubrick gaps. Uh, all right, that's my film cue. I think I don't think I'm watching anything else. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna go to the theater this week. Oh. I'm like tired. I'm going <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see what's playing at TIFF. Some of the smaller films. I don't want to watch. I don't. I'm not interested in Mission Impossible right now. So. Oh, if we're going off for two weeks. We're not going off for two weeks. We're just going. Well, off. we're going off for a week, and I would have mentioned it next week which would have been like for the 31st come with me to godfather yeah maybe all right yeah just keep me updated on that so addition to our film is the godfather sunday okay oh sunday shit sunday night i think so it's a long movie (laughs) (laughs) possible addition to yeah um andres hasn't seen godfather too let me just throw that out there you shitty human being. So where can we find you? <laughs> you can find oh look at you asking me. Uh, you can find me at Jeffrey underscore Peternera on Instagram, Jeff underscore Pet on Twitter, and Jeff Pet on Letterboxd. I'm just pocket writer at all three. Fuck you. <laughs> I will never not get mad at that. It's um, so easy. Yeah, so easy. I should really uh synergize my brand <laughs> oh god I'm an idiot. anyway this has been film cue till next uh, actually two weeks from now consider the question actually we had a lot of questions <laughs> it doesn't matter. bye <laughs>